Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode. My name, of course, is still Paul Madot. I have Kim Hester. She is VP Sales coming to us from JNR Incorporate Incorporated. I was going to say Incorporation, but Incorporated in uh, nice Southern California, San Diego. Kim, how are things? Uh, everything is wonderful. We are happy to be emerging from our COVID bubbles and. Uh, I'm in the travel industry, and we are thrilled to see travel picking up again. So um, I could not be more excited about what's coming down the pike. Well, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. A, a quick intro into yourself. Anything you want to say to the audience about who you are? Sure. Um, I grew up in uh, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, which so I, I already started off with a little bit of an unusual background and. Um, everyone in my family loved to travel, was related to travel, enjoyed travel. So I grew up with that mindset and then um, went to boarding school in Massachusetts and then did college in Washington, D.C., American University. And I always knew from a very, very young age that I would do something in the travel industry and I majored in marketing because I realized at a very early age that no matter what you do in your life, you'll always be selling something, even if it's just yourself. Um, you've got to sell yourself to get a job and everything, of course, starts with sales. So I came out of um, college and jumped right into the hotel business, thinking that would be a good launching pad for travel. And it certainly was. Um, I worked in operations at first, and to be perfectly honest, I saw all the salespeople eating in the gourmet restaurants and entertaining clients, and I went, wow, I want to do that. <laughs> I, I lived on macaroni and cheese for four years in college. I could use a good meal, so sales sounds like a good thing to be in. <laughs> so, so, Kim, when did you, okay, so you're from, you were raised in the Virgin Islands, uh -huh. Okay. And so then you chose to go, is it American University? Is that in the U.S. as well somewhere? Yeah, American is in Washington, D.C. So, so it's in D.C. Okay, great. So uh -huh. um, prior to you going to American, um, had you been living in the U.S. up until that point at all prior to, or how did you get to D.C.? Uh, well, I was born in Portland, Oregon, but my parents moved to St. Thomas when I was six years old. They went there on vacation and said, wow, this is great. Let's go home and sell everything and move to an island with palm trees. Off we went. So I had been to the mainland to visit relatives through the years, but um, didn't really know much about the big world yet. My world was 13 miles long and three miles wide and yeah. had a beaches and palm trees. So I got out the old college, college catalog and there was American University under A. And literally I looked at that and went, well, okay, I think I'll go there. And that's how I ended up at American University. <laughs> so when you went to um, American and so now you're actually I, obviously living now in the US as you go to college uh -huh. and, and you're in the nation's capital. And if I have the time right, 
it was kind of coming out of the Vietnam War and it was just like, you know, you know, you had Nixon who just kind of, you know, laughed and then the 70s were the 70s. And so what was it like for you transitioning from, as you mentioned, this this island where, you know, you're in this 13 mile nook to like the nation's capital of the most powerful country in the world? What was that transition like for you? Well, I arrived in Washington, D.C. on August 9th, 1973, which was the day Nixon resigned. Oh, okay then. Very clearly remember going down to the White House and just standing and staring at it, thinking, I am here at the center of history right now. Yeah. Um, and this is the, the, it felt like the center of the universe and an amazing place. Um, journalism was very hot right then because of Woodward and Bernstein and everything that had gone on with Watergate. And I thought, I want to be articulate. I want to learn how to write well, um, be well-spoken. And um, so I started college. And the first thing I did, mainly out of financial necessity, was I went and got a job. And I thought, well, I want a career in travel and and so I'll go get a job in a hotel. And I told them I had all kinds of skills that I didn't have, um, talked my way in there, <laughs> and then taught myself how to type on a typewriter um, and just picked up the skills that I needed. Uh, the old saying, fake it till you make it. Right. But I was very scrappy, um, very motivated, very driven. And so the whole time I was in college, I was working full time in a hotel. And the first day I started in the hotel, this was a luxury hotel, very high profile, a lot of lobbyists and, and politicians there. Jimmy Carter lived there while he was campaigning for president. Um, so I went to the general manager of the hotel and I said, I'll make you a deal. I'm starting college today and I wanna learn the hotel business. So if you'll give me a job, I will work every crap job, every bad shift, everything no one wants to do, mm. just teach me the hotel business over the next four years and rotate me through every department. So I understand where all the bodies are buried. And he said, deal. So for the next four years, I, I worked the loading dock. I was in housekeeping. I was on a switchboard with the plugs, the old right. plugs. Um, I worked front desk reservations. I was a cocktail waitress. Um, any job in the hotel, I did it and I learned it from top to bottom. So the day you know, I graduated, um, the general manager offered me the job as assistant manager of the whole hotel because nobody knew it better than I did and he had trained me very well. Oh. That's what I was going to ask you about when you graduated and you were now getting ready to work full time. Did you stay in the U.S.? And obviously it sounds like you did. Or did, or did you go did. back at some point to the island? Never looked back. It, at that point, it was just too small for me. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And, and so, so how long did you stay in D.C. for? Um, I stayed in D.C. for another year after college. And then... Um, I was working for Lowe's Hotels at the time, and then I transitioned over to Hyatt, and Hyatt put me on the opening sales team of the Hyatt Regency San Antonio. So I moved there, and um, it was a very interesting process because we had nothing to sell. They had just put the shovel in the ground. So for the first several years, I'm selling something that doesn't even exist yet, which was actually kind of fun because... 
you're still perfect. You haven't served a bad meal. You right. have a, a dirty hotel room. You, you are perfect. You have done absolutely nothing to make anybody upset. So I'm coasting along. We're selling like crazy. San Antonio at the time was a, a hot city. And I was in a young up and coming hotel chain with a lot of fun people. And I had the time of my life, but I also was very fortunate to have a wonderful mentor, a gentleman named Ben Yakely, who taught me everything about sales. And he was a real Texas good old boy. So he taught me uh, that his style was being a good old boy and he worked it very well. And he said, find your style, find what you're comfortable with and just let that shine through your basic personality. And then you don't have to uh, worry about you know, everything will just flow from that. Just be natural be who you are and find a style that you're comfortable with yeah. of speaking and relating to people and away you go. So I won some very nice sales awards from Hyatt Hotels and then went on to Ritz Carlton and came out to California to work for La Costa Resort here in San Diego. So that was 1986. 86. So you were in San Antonio for how long? Uh, I was in San Antonio for four years. We find the hotel. It was wildly successful. We, we ran um, over 90% occupancy in our first open year, which at the time was absolutely unheard of. So we got a lot of attention and kudos from the Hyatt um, upper management team. And so then I got recruited by Ritz Carlton and they took me uh, to Atlanta. Oh. Three years in Atlanta with Ritz Carlton. And then uh, came to San Diego on vacation and just something hit a chord with me here. And I said, this is where I'm meant to be. I'm gonna move out here. I'm gonna get a job in a resort. I'm going to get married. I'm gonna have 2.5 children and a dog and live happily ever after. It just, everything in my being felt that. So I moved out here, took the job with La Costa, got married, had two kids, haven't, didn't have the 0.5, <laughs> got a dog. <laughs> and now my kids are 26 and my oldest one's about to turn 30. So wow. they both followed in footsteps and they're both in the industry as well. You know, I'm curious about your 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 journey because you go to Washington, and I've I've been there many times, and, and that has a unique feel to it because of the government and kind of like the two states of Virginia and uh, and Maryland kind of giving up land. It kind of like this little triangle. You're in mm-hmm. you're in the capital, and then you go to San Antonio, which I've been to a few times, and it's a very different town. Atlanta is very different than San Antonio. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I've been to San, San Diego, and that's like night and day from the other cities you've been to. And so how did you deal with, uh, no, well, first of all, number one, how did you deal with the transition to new cities, number one? And also, number two, uh, how did you transition and did you did you enjoy uh, all of these different ventures you were on? Any moments of a uh, bit of regret or anything like that? Any, any challenges along the way? Absolutely. I mean, I had challenges, but I loved every minute of it because I think my greatest fear in life was getting bored. And so I'm kind of 
adrenaline junkie and I do a lot of adrenaline inducing things. Um, last year I went gorilla trekking in Uganda and I went to Antarctica. And so I love adventure. I love something new. I have a tremendous passion for learning. Anything I don't know, I want to acquire. Um, so I saw moving to a new city as fun and exciting and I would get out and uh, in the initial months, I'd be a, a kind of a tourist and run mm. around, do all the basics. And then I'd start to delve into, you know, more deeply into what it meant to live in that city and what the people were like. But I had a great experience. I loved San Antonio and the friendliness of Texans. Um, Atlanta, I enjoyed the South. Um, it's a slower pace. And people, again, were friendly and warm and very welcoming and hospitable and, and nice weather, very green, pretty city. Mm. Um, and then, of course, San Diego, palm trees and beaches. What's not to love? Yeah. <laughs> Great weather. So everywhere I lived, um, I found the best of it and just had a great time. Zero regrets on the trajectory of my career or any of the places that I lived. Loved them all. And how many years have you, have you been with JNR now? 14 years. So 14 years. Okay. So when you first started, did they find you or did you raise your hand? Well, what happened was I left La Costa when my first child was born. And then I thought, okay, I've now, by that time I was my mid thirties. I had um, uh, lived in a lot of different cities, worked in different hotels, and I felt like I had gone as far as I wanted to go with hotels. So I thought, well, I'll change sides and become a planner of meetings and incentive reward trips because gotcha. uh, I already know the hotel business. I know where all the bodies are buried there. Um, and I had traveled extensively when I was selling so I thought my next adventure will be planning and organizing meetings and, and events. And my goal was to do it internationally eventually. So the one piece I didn't have at that point was the airline business. I needed to understand it. So I just went to a community college. I took classes in airlines and how to book and how they work and the structure and everything about airlines. So I thought, okay, now I've got all the pieces. Uh, I'm going to go in and, and start doing this. So I uh, went to work for a company that did not have, they were a travel agency, but they didn't have a meeting and incentive department. Mm. And I said, you have all these great corporate clients that book travel with you, but they're booking their meetings and incentive programs with other companies. So why don't you bring that in house? I'll start the department and I'll work with your corporate clients and expand what they're doing with you into other more lucrative areas. And it was a big success um, that worked out. So then I went to another company and another company and I kept growing and learning. And, um, and finally I went to work for a company. Um, someone called me out of the blue. Uh, her name was Penny Wing and she had, she was working for a travel company and she'd done a program for someone and they gave her a thank you note, a single red rose and a $1 lottery ticket. The lottery ticket hit for $250,000. Wow. 
she bought the company she worked for <laughs> to completely revamp it. And she called me and said, you know, I've asked around town and you have a good reputation and I'd like to hire you and, and come start this company with me. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm pretty happy where I am. And she said, double your salary. And I said, see you Monday. I'll be happier there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so I worked for her for uh, four years and that's where I really got into the international side of travel. And I've now been to 118 countries. And we went all over the world designing and managing very, very lavish, exotic, creative reward programs for companies looking to reward their top salespeople or their top customers. So we had everybody from CBS television to IBM. Um, and it was an incredibly busy, crazy, hectic, Time, but fun. Uh, Penny was super creative. I learned everything from her. It was a great experience. And then uh, worked for one other company and then um, sat next to someone from JNR at an industry luncheon. We just got to chatting and she said, uh, boy, we'd sure love to have somebody like you in our company. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm pretty happy where I am. And mm. He said, oh, just come talk to us. And the next thing I knew, I had made the move. So now 14 years with JNR. You know, you, you mentioned 118 countries. I think there's probably some people listening to, to surprise to know that there's even 118 countries in the world, right? There's that. It's amazing how many you've been to. And there so, are 217. So I'm curious about, you know, so your run with JNR, that's, that's a long haul, a decade and a half. I imagine multiple roles in there. Over, over the time as well. But I'm curious about how you've handled what I'm assuming is probably choppy waters for your company and the industry in the last year, given what's happening with COVID and so on. And so talk to me about you know, how, how you're coming through as we move into kind of the spring of 2021. How have the last you know, 12, 13 months been for you? Well, I think the training for that in some ways was 2008. When the economy crashed, mm. uh, Companies got very gun shy and stopped doing programs and everything kind of ground to a halt then. And, and that was a good precursor for what was coming with COVID just in terms of learning to cope with being up here one day and down there the next day and yeah. much time in between. So um, I think Knowing that we came out of 08 and bigger and stronger than ever gave us the mindset that, well, if we did it in 08, we can do it again. So I think having that resilience helped a lot. Um, when COVID hit, I was in Tanzania. I had a group there on, uh, we were doing an African safari and I'm in the middle of the Serengeti. Right. And I, as far as I know, it's the first person on the continent of Africa that had COVID. And I picked it up in Germany, flying through Frankfurt on my way to Africa. And I figured all of this out later. But um, so the day everyone left, I was diagnosed uh, by a German doctor. And I had to stay in, in Tanzania for 10 days and mm. made it home and recovered. I'm super healthy, so I didn't have any underlying conditions. And then um, everything stopped. And you know, every single program we had for 2020 canceled. And 
our company, uh, the first thing was we got one of those PPP grants. So we were all retained with full employment through July. Okay. And then in July, uh, just about everybody on the travel side of the company was furloughed, um, partial. So I, for example, I was working three days a week instead of five. But I just kept in touch with my clients and I said, you know, um, when we come out of this, there's going to be a tremendous pent up demand for travel. Huge. Haven't been to see their relatives, but they also haven't gone on vacation. They haven't built their memories. They, um, you know, they haven't done that dream trip to Europe yet or the dream trip to Asia or wherever they wanted to go. So when this is over and people will not have been anywhere or had a lot of fun in the last year, uh, when things start rolling again, there's going to be a tremendous um, desire to get out and travel again. So we just hunkered down and fortunately I was okay financially. So I took advantage of the time off and took my kids and said, we're going to go uh, do some traveling closer to home. Yeah. Are going to um, go see the national parks. So we went to Bryce and Zion, and we were there the day the parks opened, which was amazing because we got to see the parks completely empty. Um, I don't know if you'll ever see that again in our lifetime. Uh, and took some, you know, some smaller trips closer to home, but. I used the time to kind of reboot. Um, I caught up on sleep because I hadn't slept much in the last 20, 30 years, raising kids and traveling and, and full-time job. Yeah. And took advantage of the time to think about, okay, when things come back, what do I want it to look like? And decided that I would take on fewer quality clients and really just work on with the clients and the programs that I love. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I have long-term loyal clients who have followed me from company to company and they're all still with me. And over the last couple months, uh, they started calling again. I've got my first program in Florida in May. And then I've got, uh, we just booked 500 people to Mexico for January of next year. So all of a sudden things are picking up. We're bringing people off of furlough. And I think it was having been through this in 08 as a company um, that, that reminded us that when you think everything looks really bleak, um, it will come back and you know, the sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Kim, you've had quite the quite the story. I mean, you start in the in the Northwest, Portland, young age, you go to an island, you're raised there, you end up in DC, San Antonio, Atlanta, California. But all the while, you were pretty clear early on, I'm going to get a job in, in the travel business industry because I want to travel. And you've done that. And, and you've had some, you know, hiccups along the way, as we all do. And here you are coming up pretty strong. And so congrats on the success thus far. It's amazing. Thank you. I, I went after it with laser focus. I always knew what I wanted and I've had exactly the career that, that I dreamed about having as a kid. If anything, my life and my career have exceeded my wildest dreams. I've got to have experiences and do things that most people never imagine. Um, so I am incredibly grateful. And I think 
part of it is I, I wake up every day and the first thing I think to myself is, thank you. I am so fortunate to have a great life, um, family and career. And the career part is I knew what I wanted. I worked for it. And I knew that sales would be the key to um, generating the kinds of business and programs that I was dying to do. And it yeah. all that's fantastic. I, I appreciate you being here. It's been nice to meet you. Thanks for the time. Oh, it is my pleasure. You bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap another episode up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe and let's go Raptors. Oh, 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 o